Welcome to Farm Chica, the podcast dedicated to providing a holistic model for promoting sustainable lifestyles and ways to engage in traditional methods of homesteading. Join me, Renee Delgado Riley, a native-born New Mexican, as I share how I respect Mother Nature through easy-to-apply tips that anyone can do. Through this podcast, I hope to inspire you to tap into your ancestral roots and live a more traditional, simple life that focuses on sustainability and respect to the earth. So join me as I share 20 to 30 minute tips that anyone can do. Welcome to Farm Chica's podcast focusing on perennial vegetables. Today we'll talk about expanding your annual crops and focusing on perennial vegetables and fruits and learn more about these hardy winter warriors that survive the cold and live to fight another day for years and years upon harvesting that you only have to do once. Perennial crops are those that you just plant once and you harvest year after year. They're relatively rare in North American gardens. I guess with the exception of asparagus, rhubarb, and artichokes, Most people don't often think of the extremely low-maintenance bounty that can be harvested with many perennial crops. I highly recommend the book Perennial Vegetables by Eric Tosenmeyer. This covers some of the farming traditions that came directly from Europe to North America when some of the European settlers came to the Americas. The cold and temperate Eurasian agricultural centered around the livestock, so those annual grains and legumes, and really focused on cultivation methods using those animals for plowing up the soils every year. So historically, most gardeners follow the rhythm of the season, planting their veggies in the spring, weeding all summer, and harvesting in the fall to only begin this cycle again next year. Perennials are different. Instead of planting them year after year, these plants are a long-term investment that pays off. Known as permaculture, this is permanent agriculture. Many natives to North America actually started favoring many perennial fruits. Starch and fruit crops were actively selected and cultivated. Likely, these crops were favored because they required less work. And although seed catalogs seem to be extremely popular these days, It is a little disheartening to think about how these vegetables and fruits that were perennial seem to lose interest and be neglected over time. Whatever the impetus was of the neglect of these amazing perennials, we shouldn't ignore any longer that these are useful and productive foods. Historically and currently, perennial vegetables and fruits should be much more widely available because compared to the annual crops that we normally plant, such as tomatoes and cucumbers, they tend to be more nutritious, easier to grow, and more ecologically beneficial because they're less dependent on water and other environmental factors. I see perennials as a way to invest in something long-term. This is a way to create something with long-lasting importance. Just like it takes time to raise your children, it takes a lot of time and energy to raise perennial vegetables and fruits. By adding these to your annual crops from year to year, your harvest is more bountiful without the overwhelming task of planting each spring. So what exactly is a perennial vegetable? Well, as we all know, annuals are the typical things that we plant and these live for a single growing season to produce and then they die back at the end of the season. So such as tomatoes, cucumbers, squash, things of that nature. Biennials, on the other hand, 
are things such as carrots. And so they store energy in those tap roots in the first year, and then they send up a seed head in the second year. Most gardeners, however, will plant these early on in the season and use them as annuals. Perennials, on the other hand, are long-lived plants that set down roots for decades, if not centuries. So this is a way to feed your family and your future generations for years to come. So most of the vegetables you find in any grocery store or any farmer's market are usually coming from annual plants. So these are planted fresh from seed every year and they're harvested during harvest season. Perennial vegetables, on the other hand, are planted once and the plant comes back year after year. Some of the more common perennial vegetables are asparagus. And asparagus isn't only just a perennial, but it actually can't be harvested for at least three years after planting. So these plants need time patience and investment in order for them to establish those roots for long-term harvest. Imagine growing vegetables that require just the same amount of care of any kind of perennial flower or shrub. No annual tilling or planting. Once perennials are planted, they establish those roots and are in the proper climate. They can be virtually indestructible despite neglect. And those established perennials are actually more resistant to pests, diseases, droughts, and weeds. The ease of care and cultivation of these vegetables is the number one reason for growing them. And unlike annual vegetables and fruits, perennial vegetables have different seasons of availability. So it often provides more food throughout the year. So while you are seeding your annuals inside and waiting for that summer heat before you plant them in your garden bed, Many perennials are already growing strong and often are ready to harvest. And talk about horticulture. Many perennial vegetables aren't just beautiful. They can be ornamental to enhance your overall landscape. Others can function as ground covers, erosion control, and even provide fertilizer to themselves and even provide nitrogen fixing in the soil to those neighboring plants. And some perennial vegetables provide a habitat for beneficial insects and pollinators. In sum, these perennial vegetables are simply amazing for the soil. They don't need to be tilled. They help foster a healthy and intact soil. They include providing habitat for a large number of animals, fungi, and other important soil life. However, there are some downsides to perennials. Because they require long-term maintenance plans, you can't just till them up every year and start with this clean slate. And so when the weeds move in or any pests get out of control, you literally can't plant it and forget it. Although, on the other hand, perennials generally require less maintenance than those annual gardens. A good bed of mulch keeps the weeds down and a top dressing of compost is often enough to maintain that soil fertility. Some other drawbacks of perennial vegetables is they're slow to establish, so they take several years before you can actually yield. And of course, as I mentioned, asparagus is a good example of this. Unlike some annuals, some perennial greens may become bitter once they flower. So therefore, early harvest is better on some of these perennial vegetables. Also, sometimes the perennials have stronger flavors, which many Americans are unaccustomed to. Perennial vegetables need to be placed in a permanent location and will need to be maintained separately from your annual crops. And unfortunately, perennials have special pest and disease challenges. They're really resistant to those, but if they do become diseased, you can't necessarily crop rotate to minimize those diseases. You often have to replace it and pull it out. And some folks 
grow perennial crops as annuals because they're easier to care for that way. For example, potatoes are technically perennials, but we grow them as annuals because pests and disease is around and that requires us to rotate our potatoes every year. And because perennial vegetables are grown differently than many other crops in our modern industrial agricultural world, many of them have been lost to our history, sadly. You won't often find these in the grocery store, but just because you can't buy them doesn't mean that they're not delicious and healthy. Some of the best foods in nature don't just sit well in our modern prepackaged self-stabled world. And in sense, we need to start planting those on our own. So how do you incorporate perennial vegetables into your garden? Well, one easy tip is to simply extend your garden bed by three or four feet and plant a border of perennials there. Or if you already grow ornamental shrubs or any kind of perennial ornamental plants, you can easily integrate perennial vegetables such as perennial kale, Jerusalem artichokes, while leeks will also grow in shady, wet, cool conditions, artichokes, asparagus, rhubarb, sorrel, sunchokes, walking onions. There are tons of perennial vegetables that can be integrated into your garden and landscape. By imitating nature's ecosystem, this approach to integrating perennial vegetables promotes a greater partnership between plants, soils, insects, and wildlife. Sometimes referred to as layering and building a guild, which is where you take edible vegetables, fruiting shrubs and vines, and taller fruit and nut trees. You plant the fruit trees as outposts to your property, and then that same year, over the next couple of years, you use mulch and you prepare the plantings beneath the trees for the understoring of plants. So in planning your perennial garden, there are lots of books out there, but I highly recommend Rosaline Creasy's Edible Landscaping book. Her tagline is, now you can have your gorgeous garden and eat it too. So there are different types of perennial vegetables, as I mentioned, but there are some where you just um, eat their leaves. And so such as water celery, which is a celery flavored green that thrives in water gardens or makes a great ground cover in sun or shade. Other types of perennial vegetables are actually edible fruits used as vegetables. Chayote is a vine that produces tasty pear-sized squash. They have like a nutty flavor and use like zucchini or summer squash. There are some perennial vegetables that you just eat the shoot, such as asparagus, which is the more common um, and popular perennial vegetables that grows in also colder climates. There are other perennial vegetables where you just eat their pods and meat beans, such as the scarlet runner bean. And of course, we can't forget the edible flower and flower buds, such as an artichoke. You're actually eating that flower. And some of my favorite are root crops, such as sunchokes or Jerusalem artichokes. There are other root crops that are perennial, such as the air potato, which is a unique vegetable that grows apple-sized roots on climbing vines. And lastly, there are different types of root crops that you plant and replant every year. Oka is a good example of that, which is often called the last crop of the Incas, which produces a sweet, tart tuber in different, vibrant, beautiful colors. You can learn more about the, these types of perennial vegetables through Eric Tonsenmeyer's book on perennial vegetables. Some of the more common perennial crops that we think of and we often integrate are raspberries, blueberries, and any other kind of berry bush, asparagus, rhubarb, kale, garlic, radicchio, horseradish, 
globe artichokes, lovage, and watercress. But there are over 100 plus perennial crops and with any new foods integrating into your system because I'm just being hypersensitive since I have a lot of GI issues. Just take care anytime you're integrating a new food that you've never had in your entire life just to make sure that you don't have any allergens or any sensitivities to these new types of foods. All perennial vegetables are sensitive to the different climate zones, so just check your different zone and identify the different types of perennial vegetables that grow best. Um, just some examples of ones that I'm familiar with, um, specifically the Jerusalem artichoke. It's in the same family as sunflowers, and they're also called sunchokes, and they're grown um, underground as a tuber, and you can eat them raw or cook like potatoes. They're best cooked and sliced with some cooking oil and garlic um, roasted in the oven for at least 25 to 30 minutes at 450. They're really delicious. A perennial kale that is actually really delicious in many salads is sea kale. It's sometimes grown as ornamental because it has a pretty gray-blue leaves and white flowers. Sorrel's also another great perennial herb that's tart lemon-flavored leaves that you can use in soups, salads, and sauces. Rhubarb is wonderfully suited to grow in the Pacific Northwest. This is something that I probably need to think about planting in Oregon one of these days. I love strawberry rhubarb pie and just strawberry rhubarb jam. It's a really great perennial plant. However, hold your horses. You can't harvest those awesome red stalks used to make pies, jams, and etc. until at least year two. But remember that the leaves contain oxalic acid, which is actually very poisonous. Walking onions are also great because they're like hard neck garlic. They kind of form those ball bills uh, when they're allowed to flower. And if left to their own devices, they will get top heavy, fall over, plant, replant themselves over time walking across the garden. Chicory is also another great perennial vegetables that we don't also think about. Uh, chicory roots are still ground and used to flavor coffee, especially especially in New Orleans. And as usual, you can always get on Google and find many recipes to use with many of these different types of perennial vegetables. And many people know dandelions are also edible from their root to flower. Their roots can be cooked and eaten just like carrots. The greens can be used in place of any greens in a salad or anything that requires you to have some type of lettuce or spinach-like option. And dandelion wine is actually a thing. Maybe this will be a future item, an ingredient that I'll source to make some wine. I love Asiatic lilies, um, aka day lilies, and these are actually perennial vegetables. Every part of the plant is edible from the tubers to the shoots to the flowers, and often the flower buds in Asia are harvested and cooked as fritters. They're sweet like snap peas with a lovely floral flavor. Groundnuts are a great nitrogen-fixing tuber which is actually native to North America. So they grow like a string of pearls underground and the plants vine up roughly about six feet tall. The groundnuts themselves are high in protein and they have a nutty, somewhat potato-like flavor. These can be foraged in the wild and can be found in sandy soil alongside streams and other waters. They like to grow up along other shrubs for support. They're often harvested in the fall and left in the ground to continue growing into spring. So most of these perennial vegetables grow wild in North America. And many have been lost throughout our history. And foraging is one way to embrace this diversity of great perennial vegetables. However, planting them is another. 
It's also more reliable to cultivate your own patch at home. That way you can plant specific cultivars for these wild edibles that are adapted to your specific garden condition. No gardener or homesteader who's serious about growing their own food should be without some of these many perennial vegetables in their landscape. At some point, your gardening and homesteading skills need to expand, and this is a way for positive growth that is an investment for future generations that you can keep feeding them as these perennial vegetables set down roots in, your, in the earth and will produce for future years to come. So check out your zones, what perennial vegetables will grow best in your specific climate. Get out there, do some research, and start diversifying your repertoire of what you know is edible and perennial vegetables that you can use in the kitchen for multiple different delicious recipes that go back historically in which our ancestors used to forage off the earth. Thank you for listening to Farm Chica's podcast on perennial vegetables and fruits. And I hope that you learned something new today and how you can increase the sustainability of your homestead farm or backyard by adding perennial vegetables to that list.